This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Epigraph The children cried, Mummy, I have been good. Why is it dark, dark? You can see them going down. You can see the marks of small feet here and there going down their pockets full of string and pebbles and little horses made of wire. The great plain closed like a geometric figure, one tree of black smoke, vertical, a dead tree, starless its crown. And that is Massacre of the Innocents by Tadeusz Rosowitz. Book One, Exiles, Chapter One. It was a terrible morning. Hurry up, we're running late. A blur of words as the light snapped on, their mother roaring through their rooms like a whirlwind, all rushing words and short temper whenever her children groaned, complained, or paused for a moment to knuckle the grit from their eye. Sitting on the floor of his room, trying to pull his jeans on over his shoes, the boy felt a wave of frustration throb through the house. He closed his eyes, head cocked to one side. An argument. He didn't give it a second thought that he could hear his parents, even though their room was clear on the other side of the house, even though they weren't actually saying anything out loud. He was used to listening in eavesdropping on people. He had a gift for it, picking up on little scraps of thought and feeling like he was doing now. His parents' frustration with the morning and each other threw off little sparks that smoldered throughout the house. He sighed and went back to struggling with his jeans. In her room across the hall, his little sister was already dressed even though the last thing she wanted to do was go to school. Standing at her window, she looked out at the dark sky filled with falling snow. It had been winter for weeks. There'd been snow on Halloween. Everyone ended up miserable at the end of the night, going home early in their soggy costumes, their bags only half full. There were two feet of snow on the ground at Thanksgiving, and it was too cold to go outside to play, even though they had two extra days off from school. A four-day weekend wasted. And now, not even Christmas yet, the snow was coming down every day, sweeping across their house on icy, bitter winds. Downstairs, the front door slammed, their father heading out to dig out the cars and shovel the driveway. He was angry. Up in his room, the boy could feel it, could feel his dad out there, a bright blur of frustration glowing red in the bitter cold. The boy sighed again and went to brush his teeth. A minor scuffle in the bathroom, he and his sister quarreling over who got to use the toothpaste first. You didn't brush long enough, he said to her. She wiped her chin on his towel. You have toothpaste on your nose. I do not, he said as she shoved past him. He heard her feet on the stairs, irritation trailing after her like the train of a gown. 
After she was gone, he checked his nose in the mirror before following her down the stairs. In the kitchen, he discovered that the cereal boxes were nearly empty. There was only enough left to fill one bowl with the sugary kind and one bowl with the boring bran flakes that their parents sometimes ate. The girl stared at the two bowls. We should mix them together. That way we both can have some of each. Uh-huh. Her brother poured milk into each of the bowls and took them over to the table. He set the sugary one down into his chair. The other went in front of hers. Hey! Not today, guys, okay? Their mother sighed as she came in the kitchen. She glanced at the clock, put the kettle on, and set a chewable vitamin on the table next to each of them. Purple for the boy and pink for the girl. I want the purple one, the girl said as her brother reached for his. They taste the same. Guys, their mother said again, sharper this time. She gave up on the kettle and turned off the stove. The water was taking too long to boil. She would have to wait until she got to work before she had her tea. She was not happy about this. They do not taste the same, the girl whispered. Yes, they do, her brother whispered back. He was right. The vitamins, regardless of color, all tasted terrible, like sour chalk. But that wasn't the point. Besides, I can't have the pink one. I'm not a girl. And with that, he picked up his vitamin and made a show of popping it in his mouth, chewing slowly. His sister threw her vitamin at him. Mom! Their mother slapped her hand on the countertop hard. Enough! The kitchen was quiet for a few moments. No one looked at anyone else. The front door opened and closed. Their father stamped the snow from his shoes and came into the kitchen cold out there. He picked up his briefcase from the counter. All right, I'll see you guys later tonight. Their mother was at the sink, running warm water from the tap over a tea bag and a cup, willing it hot. Don't forget you're picking up the kids this evening, she said over her shoulder. He ground his teeth. I have a meeting. Well, so do I. She turned back to the sink and dumped the cup out. She did not turn around. Fine, he stopped, as though he had more to say. Then he touched each one of his children lightly on the crown of their head. A moment later, the front door closed. At the counter, their mother shook her head. Come on, she turned around. We're going to be late. The kids stood up and carried their dishes to the sink. The boy began rinsing them out, but his mother stopped him. Don't worry about that now, she said. Coats and jackets. In the front hall, the boy and girl gathered up their backpacks and struggled into thick winter coats. Help your sister, their mother called from the kitchen. The boy jerked his little sister's sleeves up a little too hard, wrenching her arm. Ow, she complained. Their mother came into the hallway, all coat and scarf and briefcase. Please, 
just stop. She did not shout at them. She did not need to. Before they could say anything or apologize to her, they heard a stomping on the front steps. Their father came back in. There was snow in his hair. What's wrong? Their mother asked. He set his briefcase down on the floor and slid his arms around her. I'm sorry, he said as he closed his eyes, resting his cheek on her shoulder. Hands full of briefcase and lunchboxes, she squeezed him back as best she could. The boy went over and wrapped his arms around them, one arm for each waist. His sister crowded in as well, and the family all stood there for a moment, clinging to each other. Their father raised his head and kissed his wife. I love you. Your nose is cold, she said to him. I love you too. He smiled. I love you too. The girl clutched his leg, looking up at him. Her brother squeezed them all as tightly as he could, squeezed close the jagged fissures that the argument had opened up among them. His father tousled his hair, gave his wife one more kiss, and left for work. Locking the door behind them, their mother hustled them along the icy front walk to the car. Seat belts and straps, everyone safely in place. The car was cold and the kids watched their breath plume in the dark while their mother waited for the engine to warm up. Then, skidding slightly, she backed out of the driveway and headed out of their neighborhood towards school. Hey, in the back seat, the boy held out his fist. His sister put out her hand and he placed something small into her palm. It was a purple vitamin. She chewed it quietly, watching the snow slip by the darkened window. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. 
violators will be prosecuted to the full extent of the law and publicly spanked like the little bitches they are. Unless otherwise noted, all contents of this production are copyright 2007. T.M. Camp. All rights reserved. So there. <laughs>